Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. All right. Welcome. This is uh, the launch of Revival Today Executives. This is Adam Lamb, who I'm going to introduce shortly, and we're going to be like a two-man team. I don't have any mic in the monitor. We're going to be like a two-man team that um, spiritual side, not that I don't have any practical advice, and practical advice side, not that he doesn't have a spiritual side, but a lot of times I would say the majority of the church in no way touches on anything with business other than if you have a successful business, please give us some of your money. We have a project going on. That's it. There's no help. The church is to help people. Can they hear me online and everything? Yes. Okay. Can I get monitor? Um, there's a lot in the Bible about everything, including business. So that's what this is focused on. It's not an evangelistic outreach, though people are welcome to come that aren't believers. And, uh, and I pray that you believe, believe in the Lord. But this is to help raise up. Robert Schuler said this, and David Oyedepo said this. Don't raise money as a pastor. Raise men, and you'll never have to raise money. And that's what, that's what I want. I don't want some of the money that you found a way to earn. I want to help you and empower you. Uh, we want to help you. See you go to the top, and then obviously out of your heart for God, you're going to get involved in kingdom endeavors, and we got people all on Skype wherever you live. If you build your pastor's church, I'll be the happiest man in, in, in the United States of America. This is not. This is about the kingdom of God being built, and I think everybody who's here, whether I know you or not, there's probably something in you that's a little irritated about the aggressive financial push to indoctrinate young people. You know, the Bible talks about wealth and influence going hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. And if you have one, you have the other. So why should all our laws and policies be dictated by people who hate God, hate the Bible, hate the family? Why shouldn't there be Christians who rise up in the Abrahamic blessing and make a mark in their generation. I believe you're going to do that. Deuteronomy chapter 8 is where I want to start. Not to sound schizophrenic, but they can give me a little less monitor. Deuteronomy 8.1, be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply. Live and multiply. Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply. Obedience to God's word brings life and multiplication. You you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did this to teach you that man does not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out. Your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It's a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking, where nothing is lacking. That's God's way, no lack. It's a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. 
When you've eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you don't forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees I'm giving you today. I have a well-earned reputation as a prosperity preacher. And when people hear that, they think you don't know about verses like this. That's the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you don't forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands. That's a real warning. And you need to right from the ground floor, make up your mind. You're going to go to a high place. If you follow God's, make sure that you've decided ahead of time. My business is not, I'm going to be more faithful to church rich than I was lower middle class, poor middle class. I'm putting God first because many people, those, those scriptures are in the Bible for a reason. Chasing riches have pierced themselves with many sorrows. There's rich people, they have no pastor. Nobody can tell them what to do. They're used to doing the meeting six days a week. They're not going to sit and listen to anybody, instruct them, except maybe a few times a year. You know, well, Sundays I have business. I have business Saturday. Sunday's the only day I can fly back. They refuse to order their life around church. It's all, and pastors have allowed them to do it. Like there's a second set of rules for rich people. And then poor people obviously should be in church. This guy is an investment banker. He travels all over the country, so he can't get here. You need to make up your mind to put God first and keep him first. Because if I had Rodney Howard Brown here, he's done several business ventures. And people started off, we're going to build the kingdom. And the next thing you know, it was a Lamborghini and a new wife and got rid of their old wife and got a new one in a mansion and, and no church. So you need to purpose. That is the time to be careful. Make sure that in your plenty, you don't forget God. And I'm not receiving an offering. There's no donation at this thing. But that is one thing that tithing does. Where a man's treasure is, there's heart will be also. If you'll keep your business revenue connected with the kingdom of God, it'll keep your heart in the kingdom of God. As soon as the money disconnects, you disconnect. So make your financial goals, kingdom building goals, and watch what God does with your business. Ask Chick-fil-A. Ask Colgate when it started. That guy started off tithing, then went to 20%, 30%, 40%, then 50% of everything that was coming into Colgate soap was going into the kingdom. If you'll make God's interest your interest, God will funnel more money through you than you're prepared to handle, which is where he comes in. Verse 12, for when you've become full and prosperous and have built fine homes, plural, to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, that's the time to be careful. Don't become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Don't forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food previously unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did this so you would never say, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Deuteronomy 8.18, which if we were going to have a theme scripture for this group revival today, executives, this would be it. Always remember, it is the Lord your God who giveth the power to create wealth. Not sends you money for free in the mail. Gives you power to create wealth. That's part of the covenant. The Jewish people have that. They believe that part of the Bible. Somehow it got, it didn't make the transfer to the Gentiles, the wealth part. But we're going to fix that in this group. 
And I believe we're going to have a new generation of business leaders emerge in America that undo every evil, communistic, demonic plan that the devil has. And you're going to be a part of it. And I want you to see yourself as God's agent of change in that area. So there's two parts. This is the short thing I want to share before I flip it to, to my friend Adam. There's two parts of the Bible, the person of Jesus and the principles of Jesus. The person of Jesus prepares your spirit for heaven. It imparts godliness to you. It makes you a spiritual. Uh, it makes you spiritually strong. Where you can go to a, a sales convention at a casino and not wake up out of a blackout at seven in the next morning. Your spirit is stronger than the places you go. And then there's the principles of Jesus that are all through the Book of Proverbs: money management, things that guarantee poverty, and things that guarantee multiplication. And so when you when you become a tithing, giving, kingdom-focused business and make that your goal, God said, see if, in Malachi 3, see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing so great that you won't have room enough to take it all in. You don't pour things out of windows. Windows are for looking through. So part of what happens when you become a kingdom-minded person is God gives you insight into his realms. How did Abraham know to dig for water rather than search for water like every pagan did in Mesopotamia up until he started digging? He got a revelation from God concerning his cattle ranching business. Hey, Abraham, see all these Philistines and Canaanites looking for water? Start digging. There's an endless supply so that even if it doesn't rain, you'll always have money. You'll always have water for your, uh, to irrigate and for your cows and your crops, and you won't be a problem. One revelation set him ahead of all the Canaanites and Philistines. God gives those that are committed to his kingdom access to his secrets. And so God will do that. So this group, you have a spiritual end from me, but now you have a practical end. This is $1,000 a month plus style business coaching from a man that runs multiple successful businesses, who's not my buddy from high school from around here. He's from Beaumont, Texas, and, uh, and has done very well and a good guy and my friend. And so this is a group. Some people hate responding to text messages and stuff. That's me. He, he's, then there's other people that are pros, like Rodney Howard Brown. He went to the bathroom one time on his iPad. He had over 400 active text messages. And he's like that. He's got a gift for it where he cares and wants to help you. What paperwork do I need for this? How do I go about the permitting for this? How do I practically get another revenue stream for my business, et cetera? So we're going to open up for questions at the end, both on Skype and live. And um, I want you, I, I want you from this opening meeting in February, right at the beginning of the new year, to make up your mind, I'm going to tap in. If God has a power to create wealth, I'm going to tap into that, and I'm going to be what uh, uh, Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A and Colgate were for their generation. I'm going to be someone that God can use as a vessel to do great things. You know, the profits from your business are not going to go to wine and cigar parties at a country club. They're going to go to making tangible funding evangelistic crusades, seeing millions of people receive Jesus Christ. That gives you something to live for. That's why the Bible says labor not to be rich. It's not that you don't get rich. It's that your motivation isn't to heap upon yourself. It, it, it's to see God make a mark on your generation and use your hands to do it. And God's going to do that for you. So without further ado, please give a warm hand clap to my friend, Adam Lamb. Take it away, my friend. Uh, thank you, Jonathan, for having me here. It's a, it's an absolute blessing and, and, and an absolute act of God. And in, in the sense of, you know, God put something in my heart about six months ago to 
build, help raise up 10,000 faith-based businesses and leaders. And I was like, God, how am I going to do that? And, and I saw a YouTube Jonathan was doing and, and we had connected prior to that. But I thought, you know, what, I'll just text him. Just like I kept texting. It was like 1030 at night. I was like, I don't want to tell you he's the East Coast time. And, and I texted him and he responded, let's do it. And, and like the, the things came together. And the reason I say that is that God will put things in your heart for a business, something nice to say to your spouse, a message you might want to send your friend and taking action is key. And, and taking action in in this because there's a zillion of great ideas out there that just fall dead because lack of action. Whether it's a sending yourself an email reminder in the morning to like start figuring it out. And so what we want to do here is to kind of create uh, a community, really a, a group to begin this journey together for some of you. And some people in this group, I think, are already have businesses. They're on the way. They want to scale their businesses, grow their businesses. Uh, which will help do that. And there's some people that are like, man, it's on my heart to do this, but I don't know what to do. What are the next steps? How do I do that? You know, and there's a extraction process, I call it, that we can work on too, uh, together and, and individually, because you know, if I want to start a coffee company or a shirt company or a, a distribution company of something, all those things are a little different. There's some things that are the same, but uh, there is not quite a blanket way to attack it. Um, and the same thing with the Bible, you know, you might have someone that gave their life to Christ today and somebody who's been walking with the Lord for 30 years. And the conversation may be a little bit different to get them on the path they need to be, which is in line with their goals. And so uh, something really cool that we set up um, already is a email address. If you guys want to take that down, it's um, rtx at revivaltoday.com. Sorry. Just got the email, so I'm working on it. But yeah, no, you nailed it. RTX at revivaltoday.com. And so that email will go to me. And so I can answer questions and help guide because, you know, like I said, some of those questions were not going to apply to everybody. And some of them I think would be pretty neat. And we'll see how this works where we maybe even have a, a group thing. And I do this with my team in the business, in different businesses that I have is let's say someone has a, a unique question that comes up and we say, oh, That'd be good for everyone to learn the answer to that question and we'll provide it to the group and we'll work on building some of those things out too. So then everybody can kind of learn together along the way, but also not have a uh, hundred questions that don't apply to the individual. And so what I wanted to uh, start off with is, is kind of figuring out for those that have not got started, but it's on their heart to, to start a business is uh, first it's tough, right? It, it, it is tough. And it's what, when you look at statistics and you think of like 94% of businesses fail. And one of the things, and is it, it that high? It's like that high. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you the number one reason why they fail is people quit. Right. And, and there's, if you don't want to quit almost every day, you're not on the right path. If it's that easy, like, you know, I'm sure there's days you wake up and you don't tell everybody your background, just so, right. because some people feel like people that have money just are like blessed somehow. And they had some easy road and I'm different. I'm a single mother. I didn't finish high school. You know, I'm so I can't do what you people do. Tell them. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. I grew up in a, in a very uh, democratic, the government's going to pay for us home where uh, I was, you know, I was told people with money are, are evil and they just want to take your money. And, and, and I, I didn't know any better. And uh, I barely graduated high school. 
Um, I was a bartender, worked in nightclubs, just chasing the flesh. So I was not a believer. I've only been a believer for about five years. And when the Lord grabbed a hold of me and called me to his team, I, I, I went all in on it, which is, which I suggest anyone else that's watching that hasn't made that decision to make that decision. Um, and, and through that though, I, I, there were some guys that I, that I ran into that were into the financial space, brought me into uh, a, one of the largest uh, mortgage companies in the country. And I learned sales and I learned systems and processes and I was good at it. Right. And so because other people believed in me, and that's why I'm here to say, I believe in you. I don't know you yet, but I believe in you. And because those people believed in me, I began to believe in myself. And I was like, I'm more than what society just told me I could be is like, I mean, I'd still be a, a cook at a, a kitchen at Chili's or something, which isn't a bad thing if that's where you're at. But if it's on your heart to keep going, we want to help you keep going. And so, so people believed in me and were like, Hey man, come work for me. And we started doing it fast forward as a portfolio manager, managing a hundred million dollar accounts for hedge funds for this large, uh, you know, but largest online mortgage lender in the country. And and to look back to think like I barely graduated high school because I couldn't get past pre-algebra, right? And it didn't make sense. And so, and I say that to you because I a lot of us that. can be discouraged because whether it's our family members that are like, oh, you'll never do that. This isn't how we do it. Or go find this job that pays X, Y, Z an hour and retire. Like that stuff is poison. Don't listen to it. There's, especially today. I mean, I have friends who are 22 years old making $15 million a year making silly YouTube videos. Like, if I said, Hey, I want to make YouTube videos 20 years ago, everybody would think I was crazy, but today it can be. Done. And that friend is sitting right here. <laughs> right, right, right. And so like today that that's an option. Right. And so, and that's where, like I talked about the initial, the extraction process, like you could have a passion for makeup. There is women. And that's the ones I focus on doing makeup online, teaching people to do makeup. And they literally make six figures a month, right. Just teaching makeup tutorials. And so I say that not because everybody should go out, be do makeup tutorials but it's endless it just it's possible yeah you just break in the box that society has told you to stay in and that's one of the things i'm super passionate about doing is breaking down that box and say what do you love what's inside of you and just extract that and then we turn it into a practical step and two, two things there that you brought up that are interesting number one you feel like it's safe to go get a job that has a, a guaranteed salary but it's not guaranteed yeah. look at all these companies that are laying off pe people companies fail Big companies fail. And those are high dollar jobs. Yeah. They're not, they're not laying off the low, they're laying off, you know, the three, four hundred thousand dollar a year job. So it's actually you feel like you're you're doing something unstable, but you're you're not. It's you know, I had a job in the ministry where I was guaranteed salary, but you don't think of that that there's nothing that can't fail. So at least your thing is in your hands Amen. and in your decision. And then I like the other thing that you brought up, which I think is a majorly key point. And I do want to bring up, and this isn't like to brag, but our ministry took in 15.2 million last year. We have 37, 34 full-time employees with 32 full-time, six part-time. So I do understand a little bit of the end of, of the, the money in business where it's not like you just get, get up and preach. That principle that he brought up is major. What do you love? What excites you? Do it, go into a job to get paid, to pay your mortgage and have a little extra in the bank to take one vacation a year. That's one step from, from communism, and it's a little better than slavery. This is a thing, executive entrepreneurship. What do you love? I love to preach. I love everything to do with the ministry, every part of it, even the people, parts people don't like. I like traveling. I like people. I like it. What excites you? 
That's a, that's a divine clue as to what God called you to do. And when you do that, not to do the hallmark cliches, but that saying that if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. It won't feel like work. And I get that from him. It's not, oh, I got it. These people are going to start emailing. He loves what he's doing. That is a prosperity secret. And the other thing, when you love what you're doing, when you talk about it to people, I see Lori Hammer up top. She's, she's a, uh, uh, I don't know the correct word for it. She's like, like a nutritionist, nutritional health, holistic health. I have no interest in that. But when she talked to me about it in Iowa, it made me interested because she had a passion to talk about it. I had people tell me, I never cared about church, but the way you, one guy told me, the way you talk about the Bible, you'd think you wrote it. I, it's different. So you start attracting help and employees based on, man, did you hear what she's planning to do? It's, that's cool. So that is a major key is to, is to love it. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and, and to piggyback off that is when you, when you do that, and we will talk about that extraction process. It, it, it truly doesn't feel like you're working a day. Now, listen, is there still tough days? Yes. Like just in the gospels, being a Christian, we know we're blessed. We know that we're going to heaven. And I believe that the Lord is going to lift us up and take us to great places along the way, but we still have tough days. Right. And so not to get discouraged in the process, but to also piggyback on your point is, so I was in the financial side and, but I, my passion was health and fitness. I'd been doing it since I was in high school. Like I could, like they put me, when I was in high school, my first period was uh, weight training. Second period was the teacher's aid for weight training. And third period was men's conditioning for the football team, which I couldn't make because I got in too much trouble. But the, the coach believed in me and he knew he's like, Adam, you know more about weight training, form, nutrition, all this stuff to have our, to help support our our athletes at school. And I loved it. I'd show up to school every day and I couldn't wait to leave. But I, I did that because I found purpose and passion in that. So they got me to come to school early when I was not a great kid when I was in high school. And so I say that because later I was in, you know, the financial side, making great money, way more money I ever thought I'd ever make. And, but I still wasn't fulfilled. I was doing it for the money. Right. And it, and my attraction was like, what can I acquire with this money? It's no purpose, no mission, no serving. And one, it was interesting because one of the executives at the company had some question about, oh, I, I was writing articles. This is where it happened. I was writing articles for an online like fitness company. And one of the executives at the company, pretty big name, was reading it. And he was showed his assistant. She's like, hey, this guy works here. He's like, what? Get him to my office. So I got called his office. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting canned or something. And he's like, hey, you do all this nutrition stuff? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, hey, would you help me with nutrition coaching? And I said, yeah, sure, whatever. And these, this is, I was doing online coaching before. I didn't ask him for money. And so I want to, this is something for, these, for the new people is look where you can serve and provide value. And at one time, this guy's a billionaire. I did not ask him for a cent. I was grateful to have the job that I had. Um, and he, I mean, old flip phones, he'd take pictures at, at uh, dinner somewhere. What do I eat? Right. And I just, just follow, oh, you know, like yeah. got a little echo. And so I would, uh, so wait till the echo stops. So you have echo in the monitor. They're going to fix it. Got it. Go. The word's on it. Pay attention. Can you hear me now? Am I off? You're, you, they can hear him, right? Okay. Yeah. Test. Yeah. You okay. guys hear me? Keep, keep going. Cool. And so the, uh, he, he, he asked me if I would do that and I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. And, and he's like, well, what do you need money wise? I was like, Hey, I love doing this. It's okay. I have different templates. And so, you know, helping these guys with their goals. I was like 26 years old. And then 
one of his buddies would reach out who's this other like Detroit elite. And I was like, well, you know, I, I, for me, I was like, these like people that are in the news or smart business building guys want my advice. And I was like blown away. Right. And so there was that confidence that comes into it. And I was not asking for any money. And eventually these guys were like, Hey, let me, let me start paying you on it. And then one of the guys who's an entrepreneur has built multiple businesses to sell. He's like, why don't you start a business doing this? And so through me doing what I loved, not ever asking for money initially to do it. I just wanted to like, I didn't know what I was doing from like a business standpoint. And so they, because these guys believed in me, I decided to start this other business. I did a sort of concierge healthcare business where I became between these successful, wealthy people and providers created this middleman program, which I have grown today. And, you know, I've helped launch. We just launched another platform uh, that I was part of. And I'll, I'll get to that. Like once you become an expert, you start getting asked to be part of other businesses, which is really awesome, right? But you have to prove that part before you get there. And so that's where I kind of started, just rolled my sleeves up and trying to figure it out. But I did it while I worked full time. And at the time I was working eight to eight, super hard to find time for family, going to the gym and some of these other things. And so as I grew that business though, still out of grit because like, it's going to be gritty. It's going to be hard. That's why, you know, I think it's just saying like everybody would be a millionaire if it was easy or something like that. And it, it, it's hard. And so, but eventually I made a strategic change to leave the, that the office I was at then to go to a bank to do, still do what I do, like a little safe transition, nine to five, don't have a boss breathing down my back. So I could sit in my office and, and grow my side hustle. And then eventually that side hustle got to the point where I had to make the decision to leap. And sometimes when you burn the ship, all you got to do is you got to figure out a way. And, and I did. And, and grateful I did. And I never looked back. That was um, June of 2013. And I've been an entrepreneur, 100% self-employed ever since. And so there's a, there's a path to doing that. I've one, learned a ton of things the wrong way, the hard way, started businesses for the wrong reason. And I say that because I want to help you guys do it the right way. And sometimes I think I, I, I'm guilty of not being nice sure you get that every now and then but i'm honest and loving and compassionate and i say that because direct people interpret being direct as not being nice exactly. but if you're going to talk to 400 people on email yeah. don't do this do this yeah and so some of that too is that is you know as an early entrepreneur being like emotional about my ideas and the vision all those things and being able to take that to something practical is really important, right? And there is a way, and sometimes there's a way down the road. I'll give you a quick example. A friend of mine was launching a faith-based shirt company, had really awesome, you know, like designs and ideas and lingo. And he's, he's asking me about investing in a machine to make shirts. And I was like, hold on, you know, wait till let's, let's get a few designs, get a website up, market the brand, get people buying the shirts, use a third party to fulfill that. Right. And then you know, as the shirt, once you start selling, you sell a thousand shirts a month or whatever, you can start negotiating pricing on those shirts and save on margin, as opposed to the expense of the building, the, the machine to do it and all these other things. And so there's, there's strategic ways to fulfill the building, the business that don't make you potentially go broke. Because if you're always trying to keep the lights on, it's super hard to focus, right? Like if you're in order to thrive, you can't worry about dying. Right. And right. so we want to be able to build businesses strategically. So that's something too, I want to be able to help offer you, or maybe your business is in that shape where it's like every month is break even. Well, we got to change that. And a lot of times it falls back on that entrepreneur. 
to like get crazy. Like you're going to have to do some stuff outside your comfort zone. You haven't done to like work a little harder, do some other things in the community or online or something like that to drive that traffic. And we'll talk about those things too. Good. Very good. Keep going. Yeah. And so one of the things is if you're thinking about starting a business is what are your talents? And, and then from that, figure out what your talents are is what is your passions and then what resources do you have today? And so like, for me, it was, my passion was like health and nutrition. And, and, and so I put that into asking other people say, hey, who wants my help? Right. Because a lot of times we have this great idea. Um, you know, I could have this cool bottle cap that like, Hey, does anyone want this? A great bottle cap goes on smooth. I love it. I designed it myself. My mom said it's really cool too. So it must be awesome. But if no one wants to buy the bottle cap, I'm in trouble. Right. And so we can, a lot of great ideas and a lot of great business, uh, I, I guess, services or, or, or tools fall dead because you also have to have that audience and that, you know, potential customer down the road. That is very good because I would say, and the majority of people here are Christians. That's why Christian businesses fail. It's something I make prophetic paintings. There's no market for that. That doesn't help anyone that doesn't provide any, any kind of need. You know, no one uses Facebook because they like Mark Zuckerberg a lot and believe in what he's doing. It provided a service that's useful. I, I want to add two things to what he's, well, it's not even adding. It's what he brought up. Number one, you need to have something that meets. Why are churches small? They don't meet any kind of need. No one's, no one's saying, you know what? I have one day off a week. I want to get up early and listen to something I don't understand about Capernaum. But then if a church offers, you need prayer. People are sick. People need help. People need, need their faith build up. They're beat down by unbelief. Then you have more people than you can handle. It's the same with business. What, what are you supplying or what has God given you the foresight to see that like him? Think of this. The guy's got a multi-million dollar business in the field of, of medicine. And he's not only not a doctor, he's barely high school diploma. It's not because he's a doctor, has medical expert. I meet all these rich people that want testosterone replacement therapy, or they want they some kind of thing to do with their health. And I'll middleman it. They don't want to go to a doctor. A rich person is not going to go in a waiting room and sit for two and a half hours right. at so, some place. I'll middleman it for you and get it to you via telehealth. Then telehealth blows up during COVID and, and away he goes. He saw, he saw something and provided a service, even though it has nothing to do or very little to do with what he's good at. The second thing I would add to that, that he brought up, not only what are you good at, what's your talent stack, your way of doing it that makes it different. And then remind me of the bottle cap because that's the yeah. third thing. So like most of you have seen check the news that I did. That's a not, you don't do that as a preacher. You don't get up on, on nightly and make fun of people and have cursing on a program. That's a, that's a recipe to end your ministry. But what happened during 2020? People knew they were being lied to. They wanted to know, and they were getting it, and it blew the ministry up. So I didn't shy away from my way of doing things. I like joking around. Lots of Christians hate joking around. I'm sarcastic. Christians hate sarcasm. Be Do it your way. Put your spin on it that makes you unique. Otherwise, there's 20 people that they can replace you with. But you can't replace me. Someone cannot like me, but you can't say, I don't like Jonathan. I Find me someone else that's like him. There isn't anybody like me. Same with Rodney Howard Brown. Third thing, because he brought up the bottle cap illustration, this is a third thing for, for Christians. Do something 
that here's here's a thought. Do something that has a high price point. Well, I don't know why Christians, they all make beaded jewelry, T-shirts. We have a friend who even might be watching that has a T-shirt company, but he has a large T-shirt company. But I know a pastor's wife. I've known lots of pastor's wife that wives that make beaded jewelry and sell them for 15 bucks a piece. I know one pastor's wife that decided to start making diamond rings and diamond jewelry. She made $20 million last year as a side business, as a pastor's wife. That helps because it's diamond. You're selling a $200,000 ring as opposed, do you know how many $15 beaded bracelets you have to sell to make $2 million or $20 million? So unless you have stores, unless you're Hobby Lobby, or you're going to go in that direction, Christians always go coffee shop, which I'm not opposed to. Beaded jewelry, think high. If you're starting something, do, what he's doing in the medical field is high end. He's not he's not selling like organic popsicles that give you a little health boost. He, he major therapies and stuff that, that produce money. Um, who's the other person at Dallas? Oh yeah, did anybody watch Pastor Rodney's Kingdom Business thing that he or, or his last business thing that he did at the end of January? One thing I wish they would have brought up is the two businessmen that they profiled. The one did 80 million uh, last year and the other did however many million. Do you know what they did that separated them from the pack of other Christian business people? They sold a tangible product. They didn't, they didn't have this like idea that there's, you know, you talk about Christians. It's all like invisible. Miguel sells solar, solar panels for solar, actual solar heat, not prophetic heat. That, that make, you know, it's a real thing. And then Timothy did home security systems. So he does health services. Uh, Kevin, I see up in the top corner, does real estate. I know my friend Chuck is a barber. Have a business that's a tangible business, again, looping back to what he said, that fulfills a need. I don't have to like Chuck to need a haircut. I need a haircut. And he, he does that. You know, people need diamond rings. For, for engagements or whatever. People, solar heat, do something tangibly that makes money. You talk to Christians, they can't put their finger on like what they're, what they're doing. It's all just like in space. So have like an actual business that you could explain like Solomon did to an unsaved person. Not, you know, I, I do this bead of jewelry, like the Lord gives me ideas and then the beads represent that you're, you're going to put yourself in this narrow thing and you're not going to make any money. Have an actual have an actual business. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, and in, in what you mentioned is true. It is, and that's where for someone that's thinking about getting into it is that extraction process is I, I had a young man, a mentor who's like <clears throat> thinking about what's he, what he wants to do with his life to give you a quick example. It's a 30 minute conversation. And he was like, man, I love the outdoors and like whitewater rafting and all that stuff. And I was like, move to Colorado link up with a really cool group, learn the business, right? Like I had a, a, another friend that wanted to open a boutique. I said, if you ever worked in retail, no, go work in retail for a year. Find out if you actually like it. You might spend all this money opening this business and hate retail. You might just like designing dresses. That Maybe that's what the passion is. And so, you know, I explained to him, go do that. Learn the business, understand the business, ask questions. Don't be a zombie in the business. Ask him, like, why do we do this? Why do we do that? What's tell me about this. How, how do we work profit and loss? How do you market? How do you have it? Learn all these things about the business. I said, and then go start a faith-based Christian retreat where it's like, yeah, you take regular people there, but it could also be, imagine if you had 300, 400 churches that did annual retreats with your business every year to like for pastors and stuff like that. And he's like, 
you know, and that's a 30 minute conversation of just tell me what you love, tell me what you're good at. And let's think of a way that you could work towards it. It isn't tomorrow, right? It doesn't mean, Hey, tomorrow you're making, you know, a million dollars a year with your business, but there's a path to do it. And, and, and then the path needs to be revisited pretty regularly too, because things change, times change, rules change. But to Jonathan's point too, with like, like I was just passionate about healthcare and in helping people. And I started working with multimillionaires and celebrities. And then like every single day of my life, I talked to a celebrity or some influential person who's a client of mine. And, and guess what? Zero marketing. Why? Because we always do what we say we're going to do. And that's the other part of it. It would be an entrepreneur's. You can only control certain things, but you know, I can't control if there's bad weather and packages get to, you know, something like things happen. But for the most part, like just being really diligent about that service. Sometimes my phone goes off all the time, but I've, and over time you kind of learn to create rules and stuff about that. But, but when you just really go all in and develop a great service, you can, you can, at, you can request instead of a bead of jewelry, a diamond jewelry, that person's going to make the same effort acquiring the same client. as, the same And that's effort. what gives you an advantage as a Christian, what you're doing, what you say, you have so many advantages in business as a Christian, my brother-in-law Abel's business, he moved here with no context in, in building, which it's all about knowing people. He moved here out of nothing, and it blew up. Why? Because in building, it's standard to quote one price, string the person along, and double it by the end, quote them a deadline that you're going to be done by May 1st and actually finish in September, not show up for two weeks because you relapsed on heroin. So then one Christian comes here and starts quoting you May 1st. He's done April 30th. Quoting you $25,000. $25,000 and word starts spreading. This guy does what he says. He shows up on time. He, you drive through all these garbage businesses, Dunkin' Donuts, uh, closed at eight closes at eight. You go, Oh, we actually closed at six today because we don't have anybody there. If you will have an integrous business like Abraham had, you're going to put other people out of business. And let, let me, this stuff shouldn't need to be said, but it needs to be said. The goal of going into business is to make money. Right. I just talked to a guy in Florida. I started a business. You know, I don't really charge anything. We don't have that much come in, but we get to witness to a lot of people. Then go into ministry. The goal of business is to extract wealth out of the world economy and build it into the kingdom of God. Let me ask you a question. If you do a business and you don't charge much, but you get to witness to two or three people a week, what's better doing that? or building a $350 million a year business where anytime someone's having a crusade on foreign field where they're going to have half a million people show up, you tell the guy, call me, I got it. And you start paying. That's what Reinhard Bonnke had. Reinhard Bonnke had a black book of businessmen that told him anytime you're doing a crusade, call me. And he would. I'm doing a crusade in Lagos. We're going to have 3 million people show up a night. 2 million first-time decisions for Christ in one week. And it got bankrolled. And we you know what the Bible says? The one that sends the gospel out gets the same reward as the person that preaches the gospel. The goal of business is not to witness to people. You will. I'm not saying don't witness to people. The goal is to make money or just go into the ministry. And I meet very few Christians that understand that. You know, we have a coffee shop. It actually loses money. We had to take out a second mortgage on our house to keep it up. But we have people come through there all the time. In fact, just, just last week, I was able to talk to a man about Christ. That's not business. Then just witness. Then just have people into your home. And, and, and serve coffee there and, and witness to people. You need to have an aggressive mind about making money if you're going to go into business or don't go into business. 
And very few Christians understand that. I hear them say the opposite. We actually don't care whether we make money or not. You should care that you that what you're doing should live and multiply. It, what you're doing, God didn't give it to you for it to fail, and you have to find ways to support your business from other means. God gave that to you like he gave Ab Abraham cattle ranching to make Philistines hated him. Canaanites hated him. But his business was so well run, he got their money. Why? Because the other people are out searching for water. I don't like Abraham. Where's Joe the Canaanite? Um, he headed east three days ago looking for water. His cows were skinny because they had to walk all day. And then there's Abraham open nine to five with grass, even though they're in a famine, because he has irrigation from a plan the Lord gave him. And his cows are fat because they don't have to walk around. So even racist people bought from the person they didn't like because he had a better business. That's the advantage in Christianity. You're, you're not a bozo. You're not a liar. You don't take advantage of people. You're open the hours that you say. You don't repeat the things they repeat in the world. You can't hire anybody. You can't find good help. We just went from 12 full-time employees to 37 during this time. You can't find anybody. So we don't have unbelief that makes us have reasons why nothing grows. We have faith. We confess the word. God gets involved in what we're doing. And lo and behold, you have power to create wealth. Yeah. And, and to that, you know, it's the same way. None of you guys are here because this is a lukewarm church or because Jonathan's a passive priesthood. And so what he's saying is like going into business too is the same way. Like my, my goal was to, to create the standard in telemedicine for this particular thing that we wanted to do. I didn't know about telemedicine. I literally, but here's the deal. I did the, I, I read DEA rules and laws of how to do it. A lot of the way it's done today is that I created it. Some of the protocols and all that stuff, being obsessed with data, following the data of what blood work looked like and transitioned. And then, okay, we can look at this and let's, let's run a report on all these things. So there's like, you can't be lazy either going back to you know, right. hitting that same point is you got to be like really aggressive and really hungry for diligent. it. Diligent. Absolutely. So that you can, you can build on it. Cause the goal isn't to kind of maintain a business like the coffee shop example, where it's like, Oh, you know, we can pay the bills. And it's like, no, you want to have 18 coffee shops with, you know, 150 employees and all those people are telling everyone to have a blessed day when they leave the place and they come in and they might see some faith stuff on the wall. So all the, those are all ways to share the gospel. Let, right? let me, let me throw one thing in on that. Cause let me just throw this out as an idea, not a concrete thing. You have a guy that makes wedding cakes, a gay couple wants a wedding cake. He won't make it and he loses his business over it. What, you know, what's not illegal. Straight wedding cakes are $75. Gay wedding cakes are 10 grand. You know, I actually thought of, you can ask my wife, when we had our other building in Bridgeville, I was going to open a coffee shop called Progressive Coffee, have CNN on, pictures of Joe Biden, make it the most liberal looking place ever to attract liberals and charge like seven bucks for coffee and take their money. When you go to, <laughs> when you go to Israel, there's Muslims selling crucifixes. They don't care. They're making money to build their mosque. They don't care about your, oh, you're Catholic here. We have Catholic stuff. Oh, you're charismatic. We have charismatics. They don't care. Make, why would you turn somebody out of your business? Cause they're gay. I'm not talking about performing gay and condoning sin, but you're in business. Anyone's allowed in. There's not segregated businesses. So make money, take money from wicked people and use it to build the kingdom of God. And the other opportunity too, is when you run a good business and you, you help other people, I, I have clients of all walks of life, people that are not faith-based or anything like that, but guess what? They get to see Jesus in me. I still tell them, God bless them. They tell me good news. I still say, 
praise the Lord. I still tell them, have a blessed day in their e in my email. I'm not worried about offending somebody because of my faith either. None of you ever should be either. And so when you get to do it in business, and that's the vision, is, is for me, as I imagine, imagine sitting down at you know a multi-billion dollar company at a board meeting and everybody says, hey, let's let, let's pray before we get this meeting started. Like that would be, people would think you're crazy, right? And, and so we, we want to think, when we think about business and what we want to build is you have to kind of be more crazy than like society. Cause look at society, right? You want to be a one percenter. You can't think like the other 99. And I'm teaching that to my children as well. My son's like, dad, why do I put my phone on here? Dad, what? Because we're not, no one else does. I'm not raising you to be like everybody else. We're you're, you're raising you a top 1% person, right? You're going to be thinking your mind, your life, your health is all going to be in that top 1%. Right. And our goal is to, get as many people there and we can do that through business. And obviously we do that through the church. And, and I think those two could combine really well to, to continue to grow the kingdom. And that's what we're trying to do. He's very aggressive and works very hard. If you go to this church, churches are supposed to be open on, on Sunday for one or two services and then dormant the rest of the week. We have stuff going on here. What's today? We had a 1030 broadcast, noon prayer, this, and then a seven o'clock Valentine's dinner. This, I run a nonprofit. Do you know what I'd be doing if I was running a for-profit? Everything short of kidnapping competitors' nieces on their way to private school and holding them for ransom. If you have a business, like when I see a coffee shop that closes at 5, why? Why are you not open till 2 in the morning or, or, or midnight? Maybe it's because I want coffee late and it, it's a personal grievance. Work hard. The, that's a scripture. It's a word that keeps coming up. The diligent hand shall rule. Diligence is not just hard work. It's hard, smart work. Why close at 8? Why not have... You know, run other people ragged. You know, they're going to tell you what it's normal. Most coffee shops around here close at three. Open yours till three in the morning. Do the opposite of what everyone's doing. And then th then you go on your own track. If you play by the same rules everybody plays at in, in your business, then what's going to set you apart? We don't at this church. Obviously, we play by the book of Acts rules, you know. Hey, Jonathan always talking about he wants to grow the church and people get saved. Yeah, that's my goal in ministry is for people to get saved and be added to the church. So I, I'm, I don't care if we're criticized for it, that we're sending people into neighborhoods, that people are coming. You know, we had people come from another church's youth group to our youth group. And the leadership got mad. You know, you're taking our people. Their youth group was closed all summer. The youth pastors announced we're not having you. What do you think is going to happen? People gravitate to the best thing. And when you make your business the best thing mm -hmm. where your employees aren't telling people at when you close at seven and at six, 10, we just so you know we close in 50 minutes where people have a good experience. Every, everything's top notch and you run it. You don't have to pretend, but don't wait till you're the best to, to conduct yourself like the best. Be excellent in everything you do, everything that has your name on it and everybody that works for you. And you watch, I'm telling you, things have, if it was 1980, I wouldn't be as strong on this because people ran good businesses. Things have decayed so much in this country. If you will take these principles, you will blow up in like one year. I'm telling you, because people suck. They don't show up. They're closed when they say they're going to be open. And you won't. You're not going to be failing drug tests and having employees who fail drug tests and stuff. You're, God's going to give you power. This is the time where the wealth that's in the hand of the wicked is going to come into the hands of the just. And maybe I should have just had one coffee. Go ahead. Fire it up. <laughs> All right. That energy. And, and so I think the other, the other part, 
to piggyback, it's right. And the key thing to take away, I think, from this initial this initial one is mindset is getting yourself in the right mindset and eliminating things that don't serve you. Right. So if if someone's telling you, oh, you can't do that, 94 percent of businesses fail, all that stuff. Don't listen to it because you're not building the same thing someone else built. That's right. Right. And so for me, I looked at healthcare and I thought this is this is great for disruption. And, and so when I got into telemedicine, no one knew what telemedicine was. I barely knew what telemedicine was, but I knew it was convenient and I wanted to figure something out. And so I did and, and built the business. Well, guess what? COVID happened. Guess who came a top consultant in the healthcare industry, which led to me getting to launch. You know, there's a company we just launched in uh, literally a, a 12 months ago, doing getting a hundred million dollar valuation. I got a phone call from one a guy who I consider my business superhero called me up. Adam, can you help build this? You got the best reputation for building this thing. They got my business superhero called me. All God. There's no mathematical quantification of how this thing could happen, and we built it. And, and it just, I think they just got a hundred million dollar valuation, and I got equity in that company for helping to start right right off the bat we just I said, okay i'll help whatever let's do it what do we got to do and then they're like oh here's your shares right so and i say that because through doing the right thing for a long period of time right those 10 years in the game i'm getting asked to be part of this company hey this company adam we're looking to disrupt this area we we like to have your feedback because i've proven myself to be an expert in a certain field now year one year two year three year four year five I wasn't an expert yet, right? I had to fall on my face a lot more. And I said, because there, there's going to be some of those things that happen. But if you come out of the gate, that's my my whole goal. What's on my heart is to help people go fast, Amen. right? And so, because I've learned a lot of the hard way, the hard side of things, right? And it's practical. I'm not, I didn't, I don't have a PhD in anything, right? I, I just, it's hard work, grit and failed too many times to, to quit. Yeah. And, and, and that's where it comes into is that that thought process. And that's where, and I give all glory to the Lord because there's stuff that comes to me that I'm like, I just did a, a business deal like uh, 30 days ago, roughly, where I was like, man, what am I going to do in this situation? Seriously, God woke me up with the thought. I sent a text. The guy's response is, dude, I'm all in. I mean, a six-figure deal, a big deal, right? That just, I'm like, what am I going to do in this situation? And it just came to me. And when the Lord knows, I couldn't have been trusted with with wealth before I was a believer. Right. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping people that are faith-based. Cause if you're not faith-based, the opportunity to, you know, go hand somebody who on the street here, who doesn't believe in the Lord, it'll destroy your life. Oh, you give them $5 million. It'll be dead. In, that's right. In, in a couple of days. Some drug addicts. The only reason they're not dead is they're not rich enough to be dead. Yeah. Yet. In a million dollar cocaine habit, their, their heart would have exploded a long time ago. We're going to open it for questions, but before we do that thing, he brought up about thinking and what clients want, you know, obviously a lot of my examples are ministry examples because I'm a pastor, but think of that. One of the greatest things you can do in business is know, I guess the business term would be know your market, know your area, know what people like. What's one thing that attracted most of you to my church? What was our mask policy? No one on, no one was allowed to have a mask on the platform. And if you wore a mask, you had to sit in the back row. We were going to just kick people out, but then we thought we'll just have them all the way in the back. Do you know why? That was exact opposite of industry thinking, if you're going to call the ministry. But you know what I noticed? Why is every ministry gearing to people that want to mask up and vaccinate? When I know a ton of people around here that hate that stuff, 
So here's an idea. Rather than do what every pastor is telling you to do, mask up, close your church down, to respect COVID and respect people, why shouldn't there also be something for people that think that's bullcrap and want to go worship God? Well, you're going to ruin your church. No, they actually... Sorry, but Jesus was coming. You you actually had the opposite. You you had it fill up. So what he brought up, I want you to come away with that point before we ask before we go to question and answer. What's often if you do everything that everyone does in your industry, then you're one of a hundred thousand interchangeable businesses or real estate agents or whatever. When you have an approach that other people haven't taken, you're going to get criticized. People are going to tell you it's never going to work. But don't be afraid to go with a God idea. Abraham, why aren't you out looking for water with us? Oh, I'm going to dig. Uh, there's only dirt there. Water's this way. That's the ground. I know, but I feel like there's water if I dig far enough. And, and lo and behold, there was. God will give you a revelation on how to do things that's different than how everybody else does things. And then this is a forum to be able to talk it out with somebody that's not a moron. That if it is a dumb idea, no, that, that won't work. And it's also a forum to talk to people that even if something needs corrected, it's not, you don't know what you're doing. You're, you're going to see it's not going to work out. It, it's change this. You're going to go to the top. God has a way for you to go forward. Everybody that's on Skype, everybody that's here, whatever's in you that made you not take a regular wage job to, to go try your hand at something. God's going to, that's the God part of you reaching for more. God made you like that. Amen. And that's the fun part of life. The fun part of life's working out what to do when they ban you from parking across the street and, and, and all, uh, everything. That's the fun is navigating through all the challenges, not just seeing them. I can't do it. No, there, though there are giants in the land. If the Lord is with us, we'll take it at once. That's the fun. One yeah. challenge after another. I was telling my, my staff, because they're like, man, I can't wait till we get our new building built, and then we'll have plenty of room. No, we never will. We'll outgrow that place. We'll have to keep going forward, because the kingdom of God's built on increase, and that seed's on the inside of you. So let, let, let's, go with, uh, let's go with questions. Let's go Skype first. Anybody on Skype wanted to do the first question? Anyone live want to do the first question? Go ahead, second row. Do you guys have a mic that she can use? Yeah, and I can even repeat her question. So go ahead and repeat her question, then get and, the mic. So right. her question was asking about assistance with wanting to sell product from Honduras into this country. And the answer is yes. Yeah. So, I, so I had a I had a company. We sold things internationally. I also have, and that's the other part too about this community. I want you guys to visualize. Imagine a community of people, right? Faith based people with different businesses that all want to help out, right? The amount of connections that one day I can, oh, someone needs something, I send a message, do that. And these guys go make millions of dollars together, right? And the, 
when, when you have that, your network is so valuable and you can't have a network unless you bring value, right? And so, to, but, so I say that to answer your question is always thinking of your network and how you carry yourself and how you represent yourself because that grows. I mean, there's a call that happened while I was on a plane. That'll be a deal I'll be a part of that will be massive, right? That just happened because one guy, another guy, I got to bring them together with a plan and idea and they did the call even without me and it'll turn into a huge deal. And so I say that because your network is one of the most vital things too, just like your word. And so with that being said, yeah. So I'll have, I have some friends in the u- uniform making. One of my friends makes the largest uh, gown distributor for the government, but he also, I also have import export relationships too, especially from South America. So like, those would be things for like, email me at, uh, at the man, that's R- great. RTX at revival today.com. And that's the whole purpose of this is everyone's going to, does anyone else have a Honduras? No, you're, you don't. Right. So each one individual though, we can, we can help on these things and help solve the problem. I'm not going to do it for you, which is, wouldn't be any benefit, but I'm going to help you with the path. I'll make some introductions. I'll help you wow. pitch who you need to pitch, put it together. Like someone might come I, all the time. People want to raise money and I'm, and I'm helping them put these things together, like a pitch deck, like What's your gross, you know, what's your gross profit and what's your cost of goods and all that. And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, you're not ready to go ask somebody for money yet. And so, no, and it'll be nice. Thing. You didn't want to sell to the Honduras government because there's corruption and you certainly won't find any of that in our government. So that's good. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> question online question. Oh, that's awesome. Hey guys, I got a question. Said what? We'll see. Might be moving it's just here. different. You had somebody. Go ahead. Row three. Microphone. Uh, hello? Gain an audience? Yeah. Great question. Yeah, so I'll tell you a quick a quick story. This is something to think about, and and this would be a question too, depending on what you're talking about. But like, I don't like Facebook groups, but Facebook groups are one of the most under monetized thing. Number one, start a Facebook group, right? A lot of people, there's that step of action of like, let's say you want to be you create a group for fit guys over 40 to buy your fitness program, go create the group, go reach out to the community, get your friends involved. Right. And one thing I've always done with in, in, in sales and any other business, especially when I hire someone new, is I tell them to make a list of a hundred people they need to call to tell them about the new thing they're doing. Right. So if whatever it is, you, you your business is, if you are scared to make a list of a hundred people, you know, and call them and tell them about your new business venture, you're going to fail. I'll just tell you that right out of the gate. Because it, it takes that kind of courage. It takes that kind of surrender, putting it out there, just like our walk with the Lord and be like, hey, I'm with Jesus Christ. I don't do that anymore. Or I'm just, you know, I, I got to go to church on Sunday. That boldness that we have as a Christian, you have to do the same things in business. And that's why I want to marry these two things together because they're so vital to the success. And so that's one thing that I would do is you create your list of 100, right? Of the, I'm going to tell these 100 people about my new business and see if they want to be customers. I've literally done that with every business I ever started. And it's always worked and they're all successful from doing that. The second thing is, it's like a Facebook group. I'll tell you a funny story. It, I have a, a telemedicine weight loss company and there was this, in, I saw a blip on a 
Instagram or whatever, someone's like, hey, one of the most underutilized things is the Facebook groups. And I'm like, oh, I hate Facebook groups, but it's Friday. I don't have any plans. I'm going to look. So I looked and I found this group with like 10,000 people in it. And I put some messages on there. I got yelled at. But then the lady that yelled at me who owned the group, I said, hey, has anyone ever offered to do deal with you? Like a referral agreement? Like just if people have questions, they're looking for this particular service. Could you send them to me? And she's like, well, no one ever asked me that. I was like, well, people are dumb, right? They just, that's the thing is no one ever asked that question to her. And so I asked the question, she's got 10,000 people in that Facebook group, sends me probably a hundred people a week. She now has come on board, works for me. And it's like the, one of the biggest advocates, her group, when I started talking to her, end of December, um, she had 10,000 people in there. And I think there's like 16,000 people today. So she built something that's a marketing machine for me. I'm providing her revenue for her. She's retired. It's a retired 68 year old lady who just like wanted to build something. And now she's making, you know, double what I think her retirement is working with me, doing something she loves, giving back to the community, right? Off of something she built. And so the same thing is those, you can go build that yourself. So that's one thing, right? And so other things, LinkedIn. I've seen people become millionaires by using LinkedIn. So you can set up, what's it super annoying, but setting up some automated stuff, it still works. And it's, and so there's, there's certain areas to do it. And so depending on your demographic, you know, if you were a carpet guy, I might help you find, uh, you know, a bunch of builders to work on and come in and do good quotes and do, do like Jonathan gave him that thing earlier, just do the job when you say you're going to do it, complete it, do great work, create surveys, Go after Google, get those Google reviews, create little links. And every single customer you send to them, they fill out that Google link. And in 30 days, you have, you know, 30 reviews and all the lazy people that your competitors have been years for three, or, you know, for three years, they've been in business. They got 10 reviews because they're not trying to build their business, like full scale, right? It's like, if you take a shower, you don't get in the shower, wash your hand and get out of the shower. You wash the whole body, right? You have to think of that business as the whole body from start to finish, from marketing to doing your taxes, right? Tons of people have great success and they drop the ball on their taxes and end up in jail or end up losing their business. That was one thing, like never breaking the law. And like, as a Christian, you shouldn't break the law, but that's a good principle. If you go into business and you do everything by the book, right? Then you, you get to build. You don't have to worry about that. And about that, remember that in business, a lot of times, and same with ministry, People, because they're all small, say, oh, you don't have to file that form. The, the government's never going to look on that. That's true. When you're making 90000 a year, the government doesn't care. When you go to $9 million a year, they start caring, yeah. and they dig back. So run things. Remember, before they made a law that you can't pray, they looked for every way to get Daniel and couldn't find any. Then they passed a specific law to target him. So I know that in ministry. I used to take in your product over the border to sell CDs back in the day. All my evangelist friends would put them in their suitcase and tell them they're going to see a friend in Canada. You can do that when you're little. If you're Benny Hinn and you say you're going to see your friend in Toronto, then no, we've saw you, we've seen your advertisements. We know why you're coming. And then it's a crime. So conduct yourself from the beginning with integrity so they don't come back on you. We have two questions online, they told me. First question on Skype. Ron Turba. If I mispronounce your last name, I apologize. No, you got it, brother Jonathan. How you doing? Good. Turn them up a little. Go ahead. Hey, uh, I want to go back to the question. Um, I'm sorry, the diamond business from that partner's wife that was doing 20 million a year versus somebody that you said was just doing beads for two or three bucks. Is there a difference between the clientele? I'm assuming it is. I don't want to ask a dumb question, but is there a difference in the 
clientele when you're attracting a diamond customer versus a little bead customer? And if so, what's your best method of marketing and finding people like that? Yeah, I'll give you a quick a funny answer is Saturday night, my wife and I want to go to date night. You think we went to Chili's or Mastro's? We go to Mastro's. You know, why I go to Mastro's. That's where my clients are. We go to the gym. You think I go to the $10 a month gym? And I'm in, like I said, in health and wellness, the $10 a month gym, or I go to the $200 a month gym. I go to the $200 a month gym. And I'll tell you why, because the parking lot's full of Bentleys and Lamborghinis and Ferraris and guys that see me and meet me and say, hey, you're my age. I want to look like you. What do I got to do? Here, go to this website, fill this link out. Could be a client. My team will help you, you know, a cop to see what you might need. And so hang around where your customers are, right? I would say if you're in building, hang out at Home Depot. Those guys, half the guys that work there aren't that bright and they're very, definitely not nice. And if you're like, oh, you're looking at those PVC pipes. Or, oh yeah, I'm a plumber. I do. Oh, you're a plumber. I'm looking to do. It's like, it. And it again, my brain just sees, is different because I see these things yes. for 10 years of doing it where I can help you guys save five years of trying to come to that aha moment. Uh, but I would hang out where your customers are. That's the, that's the biggest thing I would think of with that. And I, and I'm glad you, it, not only was it not a stupid question, it's a great question because the thing I would tell you is your average Christian, and this is not me taking a shot at Christians. This is actual demographics because your average Christian and specifically Pentecostal charismatics are low income. People think everyone doesn't have any money. So even you hear pastors take offerings that way. Maybe you can only give $5 or $10. Yeah, there are people that can only give $5 or $10. There's also someone that just remodeled their kitchen for the third time in the last two years for 75 grand a pop because they have money they don't know what they want to do with. I was with a pastor in California. He said, there's no money in this city. As we drove by a um, uh, Maserati dealership, so I said, are only people from out of town allowed to shop there? He went, oh, I've never noticed that before. So remember, when you do your business, there are low-income people. There's also mid-range people. And there's also people that have more money than they know what, what to spend it on. So remember that when you make your price point. Everybody's not a struggling single mother. Some, some people, some, somebody just got a divorce settlement for $21 million and has nothing to spend it on and is looking to spend the money. And I'll say, I'll piggyback on that too, with like, when I hire people on my team is, is to tell them that, you know, that if this service that these people want is five, $6,000 every 90 days, right. Don't, it, that may be a lot of money to you in your lifetime, but this guy, it's not nothing. Right? These, these people have that they'll spend, you know, that money on their health because they get the outcome of it. But there's also, you know, for me, we, we have an opportunity, maybe it's $200 for 90 days. It's still has that person's need. Right. And so being focused on what you're doing, you know, and, but I think like the fact that you're asking that question is so key because you're thinking if my demographic is, you know, I only want to do hundred thousand dollar remodeled kitchens. Great. Go hang out where those houses are, go meet those realtors, go get in that network and, and, and do what you need to do to, to get that group. And here's the other part of it is, you know, if, if your goal is to make a million dollars, like you can do the math of like, you know, you do ten hundred thousand dollar jobs, you're there, right? Or you do a hundred ten thousand dollar jobs. It's the the same bad things can go wrong. The same whiny people that that you know, like all the things can be bad. You just have a hundred options instead of ten. And so I think that's why I think it's great that Jonathan shared that. Think big, like go after the big stuff and value who you are, your time, your service. And I'll tell you something: as a Christian, four o'clock every Saturday till four o'clock every Sunday. I don't work. And you know what? My customers know it. They'll send me, I'll even send me email. Oh, I, I know you're 
you're not in your work time. And that's my, that's my uh, Sabbath. And as a believer, I still practice that my 4 p.m. Saturday till 4 p.m. Sunday. I don't work. And I, and I would also suggest that to you guys, too, because when you get in that grind, too, it can be this 24 7, 365, which will move you away from God. Like if you're not making that time for God, still in that process, because he will, God can make one phone call. That's oh, right. Just take the business to a whole new level. And he might just need just your three minutes in the morning. Jeff Lewis on Skype. Hey guys, can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you. Hey, great. Hey, um, thanks for doing this, by the way. So I've got a solution for, uh, the real estate industry, specifically for realtors. Ke Kevin's, uh, Kevin's a part of my team. And my question is this, um, I've actually got a strategy to go to, it works best financially to go to the masses, but my strategy, I call it the bowling ball strategy. I want to get your opinion on this is to, is to go to Christian realtors first. I've got a heart like Jonathan kind of black and white. And if people go to my social media, same thing you just said, Adam, you know, you've got to go to church. Don't go to showings and miss and miss church. It's kind of black and white, which would turn a lot of real estate people off. Wow. I don't want to be in business with a guy like that. He's kind of black and white. So my question to you is, do you like the idea where I've got a solution that I can go to Christian real estate people, help them solve a problem that'll give social proof to then to the masses? Or I mean, which is which is kind of who I am. I, that, that's just who I am for me to be this, black, you know, kind of vanilla to everybody. That's just not how I'm wired up. So I just wanted to get your opinion on that strategy. Yeah, I think that it would probably be something too to just dive in specific again, like the blanket answers are rare to work. So I'd like to know a lot more about the strategy specifically and, and ask you a ton of questions. Um, and you guys all should have a ton of questions. I, I was I was joking with my team, the people that don't ask questions worry me the most uh, because it, we, we know we don't know things and sometimes stumble upon it. So, but that is a great question. And I'd love to dive deep into it. I think that identifying what we struggle with the most. And sometimes there's a part of this being a Christian thing is that when I ask somebody like, how much money do you want to make all this guilt? Oh my God. I gotta think. Stop that. Who that's is. That is the devil instantly bringing Anything you can to stop. If you say, hey, I want to make a million dollars a year. There's nothing wrong with that. Great, because you're going to tithe at least 10% of that. Praise God, right? And I say that to you because getting very specific with what you want to do, right? And like this, this thing I mentioned, the first thing I said to you guys, I want to help build 10,000 faith-based companies and, or, and, ten, or, and leaders, like with 10,000 people building companies and, and faith-based. And most people look at, oh, it's crazy. It isn't. You got to be crazy, right? If, if it's like, well, I want to help two or three people, you'll help one, right? If you want to help 10,000 and I fall short at 996 or 9,996, that's okay. And so I'd say that to you, it's getting crystal clear. It's one of the hardest things. And one of the things I want to offer to you guys from the, we'll call it the extraction process is exactly what that is. If yours is targeting, you know, uh, Christian realtors and, and that's what you want to do, well, Target the churches because then the churches have the realtors and what's the service get super clear about the value offer that you add. And, and a lot of times, listen, we know that maybe in, in real estate, you might think, I don't trust realtors. They just want to close the deal They're Maybe they're hiding the leak in the roof or the mold that's behind the wall. So like whatever you might have, that's like, Hey, because you're faith-based, 
you know, for me as a Christian, I want to work with faith-based faith -based people. How do you get in there? How do you provide? Maybe you walk into the, find 50 churches that you can go into and give a 10 minute spiel for home, first time home buyers so that if they have any more questions like we're doing here, right? Like I, I don't have a financial benefit to be here. This is just me serving the kingdom and, and why I want to be here. So by serving the kingdom though, I just know God's going to do something else on the other side. I'm not worried about. So that could be a place to start for you too, depending, like I said, I'd have to know specifically about it. Uh, but that would be an idea if you're looking to attract more people for faith-based real estate, start with the churches and see what value you might be able to provide for them. Because, you know, if you don't own a home and you, that's scary, but I want to work with a guy who follows this book that I can trust. It's going to help guide me through it. Let's take one more question and we'll, we'll do a 2.30 end time so that these are 90 minutes and, you know, you know they're during a work day. Go ahead. You talked about going fast. Um, you have the idea. You're in business wise. You know what you need to turn your business up to location. What's the best way to secure funding to go fast? Mm. That's a good question. I've started multiple million dollar businesses on a credit card and like 15 grand and like figured it out. And so that's where um, having a business plan, and that's some stuff we can go into having a business plan understanding the organization to do it, raising money, like the reality, like there's so many shows, the fantasy of like raising money and venture capital, it is so hard and it's about to get super hard, uh, but th th it's a tough thing. And so the grit of doing it, and I always say to every entrepreneur, like, wh what are you doing? What can you do to, to develop that money? And, and everything, like I said, you make that list of 100 customers. And if you can get 10 of them to become customers, you take that money, you turn that into and it just grows and multiplies, right? And and I think I started it without having faith. And as soon as I plugged into the Lord, he, I took those same principles. It, it, it just, it made so much more sense. And that's why I'm so passionate about starting this is, is God will multiply what you need. And I think, but understanding that like, it could, for me as an entrepreneur, I've been doing this like 10 years to write a check for an entrepreneur. It's got a great idea with zero track record. I mean, that's, you know, it's a guy that's really good at right racing go-karts who wants to get in a formula one car on the track. I'm not buying the car yet. Right. Like we got to see you do a couple laps. And so I think that there's some ways to do that. And every business is, is different for me personally. That's why I, I, I try to gear people to towards the service side of a business so that you can not have the overhead. So like in my telemedicine business, I don't own the pharmacy. I don't know the lab. I pay them net 30 next net 60. So, but I own the service, the platform that processes, I got to pay my team usually towards the end of the month. So like revenue is actually coming into my business before it has to go out. And in some businesses, the other one I have, uh, you know, some other overhead costs, but I learned some things business-wise to not make bad decisions, you know, early to not make bad decisions as you grow. And so I think that we can address that specific question uh, to find out, but raising money is a super hard thing. You have to have a, a silver bullet to do, but if you have some good traction, most people, because I think of the guys that I would reach out to to raise money, they're accelerators, right? They're guys that you hire to get in the car and put their foot on the gas. That's all they're doing. They're not going to build the car for you. They're not going to promote the car. They might That might be their acceleration. And so you have to have something that's ready to go. So it's like, hey, I'm doing $100,000 a month. And, and the only thing I'm lacking is ABC. And that strategic investor or strategic partner brings that. 
and they're going to want a big chunk of the business to be part of that. And that's it. And I've seen that. That's really how that happens. Um, unless it, it, the amount of times I'll tell you, I have more, more times that people said, I'd love to buy into your business. It's not big enough yet. Right. Where you're like, well, it's it. Cause it seems small, but they just, it's not, you know, they want something that's doing 20 million in revenue so that when they put their five X on, you get to a hundred million by the end of the year. And that profitability actually matters to the balance sheet. Right. And so there's, there's a lot of that stuff we'll teach you guys throughout this process. I'm excited and happy to do it. Uh, and we'll explore that question in depth. All right. And remember you have uh, access to the email to, to ask specific questions and, and, and get some, some guidance in your business. And that's what this exists for. It's not so we can have another meeting at our church. We have a zillion meetings. I want to see, and then get people involved. Do you ever bring people or have people from your business go to some kind of seminar and the guy running it's a Buddhist. And the next thing you know, your buddy that went to that thing's wearing a crystal around his neck. People do what they're around. So it's good for people to be around, not Adderall addicted Buddhist salespeople, be around unadderall Christian people. So it, 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 and they'll start coming to church with you. It, get them, get, this, this is a way, like we have Revival Today Fitness and Revival Today Gun Club and Veterans Brigade. This is another thing for entrepreneurs and business people to come into the kingdom of God. So I, I, I pray when we do this next one, when we do this once a month or what? Yeah. A dollar says that. What'd you say, Max? Once a month, get a friend in with you. It's free. And it's not free. Cause it's crap. It's, it's the best. And, um, bring more people in. And, and I, I pray the day will come where we'll, we'll do our yearly revival today executives meeting. And it, it'll be a 1500 person meeting of great Christian executives sharing their testimonies about how they kicked rear with the power of God. And one thing to add to that too is, is we'll be having um, through my network, some experts too, that might be able to help mentor in specific places to offer. You know, we have certain people in real estate. I'll grab one of the top real estate people in the country to who's a believer who that can share some of that experience and how working with the Lord and in real estate's been there. I, my CPA, who's a believer, who's a doctorate in accounting. He's offered to also offer some some really cool things too. So there'll be like unique tools that'll come back for you guys as well throughout this process. Then we just continue to build this thing and build this community. Uh, and together, I, I think, you know, we're going to do a powerful thing for the Lord. And not that you need convinced, but I, I hope you see, you know, for my industry, which is a crude word to call it, church attendance is down drastically across the board. It's difficult to build charitable givings down. You see us going in the exact opposite flow. That's the Deuteronomy 818. I'm the Lord, your God who giveth thee power to create wealth. So don't listen to the data from heathens. They serve the devil. You serve God and things will be different for you. And God will anoint your mind on how to navigate forward. And the whole goal of this group is to see you thrive. And I want to see that. And I know, I know Adam does too. Father, I thank you for every person that's here as they were listening. And I, and you began to fire ideas into their heart. I pray that this would be the best 30 day financial period their business has ever had in Jesus name. I pray every barrier you'd show them the way around it, over it, or to crush it in Jesus mighty name, every hindrance, every obstacle. I thank you that the anointing gives them the ability to overcome it and it not overcome them. In Jesus' name, bless every person in this group. Bless everything they put their hand to. And we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. And we give you all the praise. Thank you for using us for the building of your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? So revive RTX.
at RevivalToday.com. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.